You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the October edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We will start with a letter to our readers. Dear readers, it is a pleasure and honor to be writing to you in my first edition as editor of the Crestone Eagle. The welcome from the community has been wonderful. People have come into the Eagle office, sent me emails, said hello to me around town, and sent postcards expressing welcome, some of which included words from Gandhi and Hopi prayers. I'm fond of a quote from journalist Peter Doom, who wrote in part that the role of a journalist is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. In my journalism, I implement that statement in a fair, open, and bipartisan way. When I interview elected officials, I often go into the interview without knowing if they are Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green, everyone has a story. My job as a reporter is to give a voice to everyone and their story. I'm reminded of the joke that the difference between a reporter and a journalist is a reporter has a job and a journalist is looking for a job. Each day, when I enter the Eagle office, I'm greeted by the lovely blue and white sign that reads, The Crestone Eagle Community Newspaper. I'm reminded that my job as editor of this publication is to uphold impeccable standards of truth, trust, and honesty in everything I do. As the guardian of your newspaper, I am here to assist in articulating your voice. On September 1st, the Eagle became a non-profit owned by Crestone Eagle Community Media. The word is out. Colorado Public Radio published a feature article on our nonprofit status, and when I interviewed Governor Polis last month, the first thing he said to me was, Congrats on the nonprofit. We are super excited. I'm super excited too, as is our staff and board of directors. I hope you are too, as we embark on this journey together. Being a nonprofit affords us to tap new streams of revenue, such as grants, awards, and donations, all of which are tax-deductible, and we can continue to still offer advertising and newspaper subscriptions. I'm also very excited that we are in the process of reworking the Eagles website. Very soon, we will have a new and more dynamic website that will be regularly updated in a timely manner. We plan to soon publish articles about the possible construction of cell towers and possible incorporation of the Baca Grande as a new municipality. Crestone is a magical place of creativity and spirituality. I'm grateful to be here. Often, I take a break from work and head up the Willow Lake Trail. In less than an hour, I am able to hike to the Big Meadow, which affords stunning views of the Sangres, including a few 14ers. This is one of the most spectacular places on earth. It is there that I take time to reflect, pray, and meditate. As I hike back down and enjoy the views of Crestone, the valley, and the San Juans in the distance, I'm overwhelmed and thankful. As the editor and guardian of this community newspaper, I welcome and encourage your ideas, concerns, and especially news tips. Please call, email, or swing by the Eagle to talk. If you stop in at the Eagle, you will see our Crestone Eagle sign that gives notice that this is a community newspaper and is everyone's newspaper. What a wonderful welcome. This was written by John Waters. And we have the front page article, Governor Polis congratulates the Crestone Eagle on going nonprofit. 
Colorado Governor Jared Polis spoke to Crestone Eagle editor John Waters in a wide-ranging interview on September 22nd that included the proposal by Renewable Water Resources to export water from the San Luis Valley to Douglas County, the governor's initiative, the heat beneath our feet to increase energy production from geothermal sources, the possibilities of agrivoteics in the San Luis Valley, the effects of decreased cannabis tax revenues, and a possible bid for the White House in 2024. Polis began the interview by saying he is super excited the Crestone Eagle is now a nonprofit. And the interview. Polis, congrats on the nonprofit model for the Eagle. That is super exciting. We're all wondering about that. This was the, He was interviewed by John Waters, and Waters says, Thank you. And now I'm able to convey your interest to our readers. The old story of Renewable Water Resources, RWR, is again news. Last week, Douglas County commissioners listened to briefings from RWR's representatives. Are you in favor or against RWR's proposal? Polis, this is kind of like the zombie threat that keeps coming back. I'm against Douglas County buying water rights from the San Luis Valley. I think we want to maintain a vibrant agricultural economy and quality of life in the San Luis Valley. It's going to be very important as we deal with our overall water challenges to not pit one part of our state against another. Waters, in 2020, you formed the Colorado Geographic Naming Advisory Board. The Naming Advisory Board is part of the Colorado Department of Natural Resources and is set up to evaluate proposals concerning the name changes, new names, and name controversies of geographic features and other place names in Colorado, and then making recommendations to the governor. To learn more about the board and the process, visit www.dnr.colorado.gov. Outside my window is a 14er, Kit Carson Peak. There are some people who might like to have that renamed. Can you walk our readers through the process and how the naming board may be part of that? Polis. First, we give heavy weight to what local residents want. The Geographic Naming Board sends recommendations to me that we advance to the federal government. Often it begins with a classroom of students or local officials, and it builds. And the Naming Board is part of that. It starts with local residents. Waters. As a chair of the Western Governors Association, you launched the Heat Beneath Our Feet initiative that examines the opportunities for and barriers to increased deployment of geothermal resources for energy production. Can you talk about how this initiative may affect the San Luis Valley? Polis. The geothermal potential is very high, and we expect there to be even more opportunities for geothermal projects in the San Luis Valley that will have minimal land use impacts. We're very excited to work with Republican and Democratic governors from across the western states. As chair of the Western Governors Association, I've chosen to focus our resources on geothermal. In just this last session in Colorado, I signed two bipartisan geothermal energy bills. Colorado HB 22-1381 and SB 22-118, including a framework for community-scale geothermal, like we have solar gardens. We're very excited to help pilot demonstration-scale geothermal electric as well. Waters. How might the state foster this? Do you envision tax credits? Polis. Yes, we're looking at both at a variety of state policies to facilitate geothermal as well as advocating federal policies to make it easier to permit geothermal on federal lands. Waters, agrivoltaics. 
the use of solar energy farms as also agricultural farms. Can you elaborate on this and the possible role of the state in facilitating this? Polis. On the continuum of energy production, we've talked about geothermal. Agrivoltaics shows how solar panels can be incorporated into a successful farming or ranching operation, where, for example, you can have sheep grazing in and around the solar panels. Under panels, you can take advantage of the partial shade for crops that favor, favor partial shade. We're doing some innovation from Colorado Department of Agriculture to help show farmers and ranchers how agrivoltaics can benefit their bottom line and help power the green energy future. Waters. Will tax credits play a role? Polis. The, these are direct grants and investments. We're excited about all of these. There is already favorable treatment of energy production if you have that on your land. And we cut property taxes for all farmers and ranchers for all production lands. We target those around making sure we make it lower cost for farmers and ranchers. Waters. When we spoke back in January, you had just launched Water 22. What is the current state of that? Water 22 is an initiative started by Polis to increase public education and awareness of water issues. For more information, visit the website www.watereducationcolorado.org. Polis, we can talk about water in a half-hour interview or a three-hour interview. Waters, great, I have time. Polis, laughing. A lot has happened in the world of water. The Republican River issues, decreased flows in that river and dropping groundwater levels, eastern Colorado, the threats from Nebraska, possibly building a canal to siphon water from the South Platte River. My message is Colorado wants to have an integrated approach to water, meaning not pitting one part of our state against another, working with the lower Colorado Basin states to see how they can decrease their draw on the Colorado River. Obviously, with regards to the San Luis Valley, it's often about watershed levels and making sure we're able to tap the well water at sustainable levels so farms and ranches don't dry up and we continue to power the next generation. Water is the lifeblood of our state. And once again, like geographic naming, we have a locally driven basin roundtable. It starts locally. It's not top down. It's bottom up. We're committed to update and improve our state water plan to make sure those investments are there and allocate additional resources to make sure that we can secure Colorado's water future. Waters. The Crestone Eagle is working on an article regarding the effects of the decrease in the price of wholesale marijuana on local and regional tax revenues. Can you address this? Can you address how this is affecting the state? Polis. With every commodity that is bought and sold, the prices change. Oil prices are higher, wheat prices are higher, cattle prices go up and down. From the state perspective, the marijuana taxes do not fund the general fund. We don't rely on it for our everyday spending. It was allocated by the voters in our Constitution above and beyond the general fund funditures. It's dedicated to school capital construction and marijuana enforcement and risk reduction. If there is less demand or prices decrease, that cash fund will have fewer resources, but certainly enough to fund the regulatory and policing structure, and certainly enough to discourage marijuana use for underage kids, and it will continue to contribute to school capital construction across our state. Waters, in a recent column by George Will, 
the Washington Post, September 14, 2022. You've been mentioned as a possible contender for the White House in 2024. Are you in or out for a run for the White House? Polis, I'm out. I'm focused on governing the best state in the country, Colorado. I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity over the next four years to getting back to the San Luis Valley and to Swatch County and to improve the quality of life in Colorado. Now turning to election news, starting with the official notice of 2022 general election. Per Colorado Revised Statute 1-5-205, Sawatch County Clerk and Recorder Trish Gilbert announces that the 2022 general election will be held on Tuesday, November 8, 2022. Ballots will be mailed to all active registered voters beginning on October 17, 2022. The ballot packet will include one ballot, one secrecy sleeve and instructions, a multilingual ballot informational insert, and one return envelope. Voters will mark their ballot, insert it into the secrecy sleeve and instructions, insert this into the return envelope, sign the envelope where indicated, and mail or return the voted ballot to the Voter Service and Polling Center in the clerk's office at the Sawatch County Courthouse, 501 4th Street, Sawatch. The Voting Service and polling center will be open from Monday, October 24th through Tuesday, November 8th, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m., on Saturday, November 5th from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m., and on Election Day, November 8th from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. Voted ballots may also be deposited into the ballot drop boxes at the following locations. The south parking lot of the courthouse, 501 4th Street in Swatch, Crestone Mercantile, located at 182 East Galena Avenue in Crestone, Haskins Building, 220 Worth Street in Center, 360 County Road 31XX in Sargents. Beginning October 14th, the drop boxes will be available 24 hours each day until 7 p.m. on Election Day. Ballots must be received by 7 p.m. on Election Day. Ballots received after 7 p.m. on Election Day will not be counted. Postmarks do not count. This was provided by this notice was provided by Trish Gilbert, clerk and recorder, and published in the Crestone Eagle on October 1, 2022. Also in voting news, in a letter to the editor, interested in keeping democracy in our country, the United States is teetering on the brink of losing our fundamental rights and many of the programs that help feed people, pay heating bills, and train people to do technical jobs. Stop the steal was proven to be a big lie. Multiple audits in different states, ordered by Republicans themselves, proved the massive fraud claimed was fraudulent. Over 60 court cases were thrown out due to lack of evidence. Republicans have abolished abortion rights. We are in danger of losing popular programs vital to many of our community, including Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Voting in the November 8th midterm election is essential in maintaining our voting rights. Register online at GoVoteColorado.gov. Mail ballots were mailed out from October 17th to October 21st. If not already registered, register before October 31st to receive your ballot in the mail. Your ballot must be received, not just postmarked, by November 8th. Ballots may be placed in the secure ballot box located outside of the Crestone Mercantile up until 7 p.m. on November 8th. You may also register and vote in person up to 7 p.m. at the county clerk's office at the Sawatch County Courthouse. The undersigned members of the Crestone Baca Grand Indivisible Group support voting for the following candidates. Liza Marone, 
Democrat for County Commissioner, Trish Gilbert, Republican for County Clerk, Adam Frisch, Democrat, Representative for CD3, U.S. Congress, Jenna Griswold, Democrat, Secretary of State, Michael Bennett, Democrat, Senator for the U.S. Senate, and Jared Polis, Democrat for the Governor. This was signed by Merrill Ennis, Robin Durant, Susan Fay, Patty Vincent, Brenda Cassani, Kimberly Bryant, Jan Brolsma, Cindy Reinhardt, Sin Nielsen, Marge Hoglin, and Susan Sawyer. Now turning to Freebox News. Freebox, Labyrinth, Fashion Show, and Remodel. This is written by Lisa Bodie, CEX Director. The enthusiastic response to the reopening of the Freebox has also led to an overwhelming amount of clothing piling up and pouring out of all its cracks and crevices. Compounded with the fact that our regional thrift stores are not taking clothing donations, the unfortunate reality is that many of our clothing items are ending up in the trash. According to Earth.org, 11.3 million tons of textile waste, mostly clothing, end up in landfills on a yearly basis, equivalent to approximately 81.5 pounds per person per year. Local artists decided to tackle this issue head-on with creativity and humor. The Crestone Energy Fair, held in August, provided a venue for an art installation labyrinth and fashion show to help with this. Allison Wonderland and Chris Manfield took us on a journey with items salvaged from the Freebox dumpster. Items were collected the month prior to the event and then placed into an elaborate labyrinth, encouraging us to take a deeper look at our waste, ask deep questions about our consumption, and engage with our items in a deliberate way. Armory Reed coordinated a free box fashion show, complete with models and judges to demonstrate the possibilities of upcycling clothing and repurposing items into new designs. MC Leaf Larray strolled each model down the catwalk with music, rhymes, and plenty of humor. These displays of community creativity are what make this free trading post come alive for all of us to create new solutions and homes for our items. The old design of the free box and our increased population just aren't accommodating the amount of materials dropped off. Now that the exterior remodel has been completed, volunteers have met to craft an interior remodel of the space. To make this next phase happen, we need your support to fill the following roles. Interior designer, transform our ideas into plans that maximize space. Lead carpenter, lead construction crew on design and remodel. Construction crew, build. Painters, paint shelves, walls, and signs. Organizers, remove all items from Freebox and sort into categories. Cooks, make snacks and meals for volunteers on workdays. The Crestone Energy Exchange will lead the overall organization of the remodel. We anticipate this happening by the end of October to mid-November. If you can help, please visit our volunteer sign-up website, which is https colon slash slash signup.com slash go slash Capital N, capital D, little F, capital Q, capital J, capital Q, capital K. Or email CrestoneEnergyExchange at gmail.com. Once a crew is assembled, we will choose days and times to work together, collaborate, and expand our solutions for transforming our trash into displays of treasures. And we have some upcoming events. Death Cafe. Join us for tea, cookies, and conversation with friends, neighbors, and even strangers to share our thoughts on that which is common to us all, morality. Sorry, that's mortality. That which is common to us all, mortality. Intimate conversation in a warm and inviting setting. No agenda, no philosophy, and no predetermined outcome. 
This will be Saturday, October 29th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Little Shepherd Fellowship Hall, Alder Street, downtown Crestone. There is no cost. There are free refreshments, and it's in sponsored by Informed Final Choices. For information, call 719-588-7415 or email informedfinalchoices at gmail.com. Check their website, deathcafe.com, for more information. And Crestone Halloween Trunk or Treat happens October 31st. The annual Crestone Halloween Trunk or Treat is on. If you love being creative, enjoy delight in a child's face, or just like to play, please consider joining us on Monday, October 31st, starting at 5.30 p.m. in downtown Crestone. Kids start coming out at 5.30 p.m., so come early to set up and find your spot. Then we all hang out for some Halloween fun. As part of the usual trick-or-treat scene downtown, you can decorate your car, dress up in costume, or just keep it simple and provide extra stops for the kids. Park around town in front of the Crestone Eagle, the Post Office, the Mercantile, the Cloud, or T-Road Brewing. Grab a few friends and make clusters around town, tailgate style. And as the kids go door-to-door, they can also go car-to-car. Think outside the box. Get imaginative. Let's do it up right. Please also think of how you can help include others. If you have young kids and you want to walk with them, offer a friend some treats to hand out on your behalf. Sponsor an elder who wants to see the kids and may need some help getting something to hand out. Decorate your car for a neighbor or just stand on the sidewalk with a bag of treats. The more stops, the better. We are a creative bunch. Here's your chance to really dive into some creativity. And speaking of neighbors, we have news from Neighbors Helping Neighbors. This is written by Mary Lowers and Maddie Bell Lockish. After a busy summer, Neighbors Helping Neighbors is geared up for fall. This past month, we welcomed Renee Everson, Everson to our board of directors. Also, firewood deliveries are going out to those who placed orders. We will continue deliveries through October. Neighbors Helping Neighbors will begin taking applications for free firewood. There is a one-load limit this year. Apply online, nhncrestone.com, or ask a board member for an application. We will deliver firewood on a first-come, first-served basis. We extend a big thanks to Chrissy and Corez and their Heart of the Baca nonprofit, they are supplying the community free wood pile from a trailer in the driveway of 330 West Galena Avenue in Crestone. Anyone is welcome to use this wood. Just leave enough for the next person. Hearth of the Baca also checks on elder neighbors who are ill and on shut-ins to see what their needs may be, bring them wood, and offer non-perishable food. Watch the Crestone Eagle for news about community Thanksgiving in November. The amazing Raven of Raven's Haven will be featuring NHN items, unique and special donations in her shop on Alder Street right across from Town Hall. This will help to generate some monthly income. Remember the NHN phone book and cookbook are on sale at the Mercantile. And we have some news from the Library District, written by Sarah Cohen Frey, Northern Swatch County Library District. Recurring programs. The BGL Writers Group meets each Tuesday at Baca Grand Library at 4. Chess Club, open to anyone. It's not an exclusive club. Meets every Thursday at 11 at the Baca Grand Library and every Saturday at 11 at the Swatch Public Library. 
Dungeons and Dragons for ages 11 to 17 at the Baca Grand Library every Friday at 2 p.m. And Singing Bowls and Energy Healing will continue at the Baca Grand Library on the 28th. Community Storytelling, Unexplained, Sawatch County. Leading up to Halloween, the Baca Grand Library and Sawatch Public Library are hosting community storytelling evenings focusing on a theme of the unexplained. Come share your tales of the mysterious, inexplicable, or bizarre. Stories should be true and should be kept to no longer than 10 minutes in length so that everyone has time to share their own strange tales. The next one is on the 26th at 5 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library M. Wednesday and on Thursday at the 27th at 5.30 p.m. at the Sawatch Public Library. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.